Happy Saturday and welcome to Unsupervised Leadership. I'm sure everyone's wondering what we are drinking today. So we're just going to go ahead and start with that. Well, of course, we are drinking Prosecco. And ironically, we have someone who's already sent me a text message today. And she has this really beautiful gold bottle of Prosecco and wanted me to check it out. And she said, if you ever had this, I'm going to look it up really fast so I can share it with you. And it's a gold bottle Mm -hmm. and it says AU.27 Prosecco. I don't know. I told her to try it and then tell us how it is. Where'd she get that from? It looks like a grocery store. Okay. Yeah. It looks like your common grocery store. (laughs) It does. Or maybe it's Benny's. Oh yeah. It could be a Benny's. We should go to Benny's and see what's happening there. We, <laughs> they have wine tastings at Benny's. They do? Mm-hmm. Do you, you've been there when they have... No, I haven't. I didn't know they do wine tastings. A hundred percent. So they actually, on Saturdays and Sundays, you can go in, not only do they have wine tastings, they will set up the entire store where you can try a bunch of different stuff. And sometimes it's all wine. Sometimes it's different liquors. Oh. Sometimes it's beers. Wow. Where have you been? I don't know. I didn't know that they did that. I bet if you look up Benny's and Uh they probably had events listed on there, you could look that up and then we could go do one of those one time. Okay, this is fun. We were just talking about going to Napa, but maybe we should just start it. We'll just go to Benny's. We'll just pick a different (laughs) part of the country to drink from. It sounds fun. Yeah. Let's let's give some people some shout outs to start out this episode. Oh, well, I'm going to shout out Corey Tafoya, who continues to be a great supporter of our podcast, and he is helping us with our F4 Leader event, which will be on June 22nd in Harvard, Illinois. So for those of you who are close to the Wisconsin border, maybe close to Lake Geneva, this is a great event for you. And I know that you have people flying in from probably California and New York to join us. Yes. And I'm super excited. Hey, shout out to Corey. He's like our road manager. He really... He thinks we're going to do a great job. We are going to do a great job because we have a lot of fun things planned for this event. It's like your not your typical PD session. We're going to have drinks. We're going to have games. We're going to have people have an opportunity to get on the podcast, talk about things in education that they're really passionate about. Yeah, I am really excited about this event. We are planning on launching ticket sales sometime in April. Mm -hmm. The goal is April 1st, but sometimes life gets in our way. Yeah, that's a good goal. Okay. I also want to shout out Maria Papiash. She wrote the sweetest post on Twitter. Um, Congratulations to her. She just had her first baby. It is a little girl. And she had posted that she was listening to our podcast while she was at the NICU with her daughter and how she hopes a lot of the things we talk about transpire for her daughter by the time she gets older. And we absolutely love that. Mm -hmm. I'm also going to shout out Chad Prozen, Mm -hmm. who I believe has been one of our diehard listeners from the very beginning of season one and continues to promote things on Twitter for us. So shout out to you, Chad. And I would like to do a shout out for Jennifer Lindsay. Jennifer Lindsay is a part of a brand new cohort in Illinois. You're going to love this, Kate. It's called Elevate. It is the first Mm -hmm. ever women in leadership cohort for female superintendents in Illinois. And it launched recently. And we have a really great Um, text exchange that we go and try to support each other and elevate. And Jennifer, when she was, after she had gotten home, she responds on the chain. I just listened to Courtney and Kate's podcast, Unsupervised Leadership. You definitely need to check out that episode. It was great. So shout out to Jennifer for celebrating and elevating. Yeah. And shout out to our new friend. We've never met Mrs. Simmons in Texas. Oh yeah. She has her daily or her weekly lineup of all the podcasts that she loves, listens to every single week. And we are her first one to start the week off on Monday, on Monday, which Lori much actually said to me, cause I said, Hey, are you going to listen to the podcast? And everybody home started laughing. She said, Courtney, you should know that's my Monday morning lesson. So yeah. I think a lot of people really do listen to us on Monday mornings on their way to work. I agree. <laughs> that's why Corey believes in us. He thinks we're going to hit it big one day. We are. We have to put that on the universe. This is life goals. Yeah. We're going to be professional podcasters one day. Yeah. And you know, what's funny is on Wednesday or Thursday, I can't remember. I texted Courtney and I said, Hey, look what came up on my time hop. Cause mm-hmm. we just made our podcast a year ago on 
February 7th. That's when we said, let's buy the microphones and just try it. And we did. Yeah. And look at it. <laughs> and look at us now. Now we have a book coming out. We have this top 10% of education podcasts, according yeah. to Spotify. I believe them. I do too. I feel like they have a large range of listeners. <laughs> but listen, if you're out there and you're still listening, you know that you can always reach us at unsupervisedleadership at yahoo.com. You can certainly follow us on Twitter at, at F4Leaders, fun, fabulous, fierce females. And you can certainly send us a direct message on Twitter and we will respond to you. We will respond to you. And we're at almost a thousand followers on Twitter on our unsupervised. We should have more than that. We should have more than that. I'm telling you, I think we need to do like Twitter and something else. Like what? I can't do anything. I know you can't do anything else. What do you mean? Like, I don't know. The young people, they really like reels and things. So do you want to talk to everybody about one of your teachers who was on TikTok that you were just showing me these videos that I was so impressed with? Okay. Yeah. So I will admit I hired the best first year teachers Hmm. possible. I like recruited them from ISU, found them. They are so fun and creative and they are just, you know, they remind me of what it's like to be young. And I used Hmm. to think I am young. So then when I see them, I'm like, oh, I'm not young anymore. (laughs) But if you're not young, I don't know what I am, but keep talking. But they make these cute videos where they talk about their like excitement on their first day of teaching or, you know, going through some reels about what's professional to wear at work and think places that they go to, to buy their professional clothes. And they do these cute little voiceovers with like the celebrity voices and different music in the background. Very creative. It always catches my eye. Listen. She was doing makeup stuff, which mm-hmm. I thought was so great. Yeah. Showing pictures of her classroom. You know what I love most when I saw that? First of all, I was like, what is this? And what am I looking at? But I really love the fact of her energy. Yeah. That's the type of energy. I was like, that is what we all need. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's all the time. But she's not on Twitter. No. And a lot of my newer teachers are not because I think there's this thought process on Twitter that it's old school, like Facebook is old. School. I'm offended right now. I know you're offended, but I just want to talk to you about this. And it's also, you can talk about it, but I'm offended by it because I do think that what you should be doing is telling those teachers that they should get on Twitter. I mean, do a will. connection back to TikTok. Yeah, I, that's a good point. I mean, I do. And I don't love TikTok. Okay. I'm not like a big fan of TikTok, but I do think that in a world where people want information fast and they want to be entertained, People get that from reels, from funny clips, from an audio version where Twitter and Facebook have commonalities of like statuses, right? Like you write something and, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just my new thought of the day. I have no data to support it yet. (laughs) Not everything's about data. Hey, amen. Not everything is about data. Okay. Well, I'm going to also give a shout out to daycare teachers. Can I do this? Yeah, I think you should go ahead. I might go on a little bit of a rant or a tangent. You know, I love these, but both of my kids have been in daycare forever because I'm a working mom Mm -hmm. and shout out to Loretta. Hey, Loretta, shout Mm -hmm. out to Denise. Yeah. You want to give her a quick shout out? Yeah. Way to go, Denise. We love Loretta and Denise, but I remember when I got pregnant, my mom was working and she decided to quit her job so that she could live with us so that she could take care of Nolan. That's a commitment. (laughs) Yeah. Totally. And on Fridays, when it was time for her to drive two and a half hours home, you could hear her wheels like squealing out of the <laughs> subdivision. Yeah, like, I'm out of here. <laughs> but shout out to Loretta. So at some point, though, my dad had fallen. He had broken his hip. Now my mom has to take care of him. And I'm like, maybe this is the perfect opportunity for me to put my kids in daycare. Mm-hmm. So my son is five years older than my now daughter. And both of my kids have been in a day- daycare system for a lot of years. I want to give a shout out to these teachers at daycare. And I'm not going to say where and whatever, but just in general, here's some things that I have noticed about daycare teachers. At least the ones I'm going to preface this, the ones where my kids okay. have gone. Mm-hmm. First of all, they are always happy. They are pleasant. They are positive. They, you know, when I'm still not even having my coffee, dropping my kids off at six 30 in the morning, I'm annoyed because we've already gotten an argument about what else wearing, not wearing. I walk in, it's a happy environment at six 30 every morning by everyone. Mm-hmm. That says something right there. Second, these teachers never miss a day of work. I have never seen anything 
like it. They are always there. Third, they work year round, year round. Fourth, on like President's Day, I think it is. And there's some other holiday, maybe it's Columbus Day. So there's a, I don't know, a spring and a fall date where the kids are off. They actually have professional development that day. So they only get two days of professional development the entire year. Oh, that's sad. If you think about it. Yeah. But on those days, it puts an added stress on parents like, oh, what are we going to do? Because Mm -hmm. a lot of parents work during those times. I don't. I'm lucky for that. But I was just driving one day because, you know, I drive randomly and think about all these random things. But I was like, wow, these these people have really been a staple in my kids' lives for so long. Mm -hmm. And they work so hard. They never complain. I don't see obviously the back end piece of it, but I'm just saying from a parental perspective, and I will tell you this. So strep throat has been like rampant going through daycare. You get a different email every five seconds that this person has strep, this person has strep. They notify us about it. Oh yeah. And my daughter has had it not once, but twice within a period of like two months. So we've been blessed to be able to have that grace, the household all this time. But here's what I want you to know. The director sends out this email and basically she says, listen, I know that we are your time and place to take care of your kids, but we don't have any staff. And this was at nine o'clock in the morning. We have no staff. So we unfortunately are going to have to close today at four 30 because we have no one to staff the building. I didn't think anything about that. I was like, fine. Hey, by noon, she resent another email to everyone and said, because we have such amazing staff, we have other people who are now coming in, other people from here, we are going to be able to stay later so that you, you know, I'm so sorry for the confusion, but I was like, wow, just thinking about the amount of communication, planning, really trying to do what's good for kids, really trying to do what's good for parents. I mean, we talk about educators all the time, but we don't talk about daycare teachers. That's, that's a commitment. I just wanted to give a quick shout out. No, I agree. I do yeah. think that my sister used to work at a daycare. Really? Yeah. She was a director of kinder care. Oh, give her sister. A sh- oh, my kids go to kinder care. Oh, well, I'm yeah. going to, I'm going to shout out kinder care. I, yeah, I just think they're incredible. Yeah. My sister used to be a director there. Now she does EI uh, early intervention therapy for kids like mm. and plans their stuff. But yeah, she talks about that all the time. Like same consistent people, they stay for years. They do help them, you know, in terms of they're going to school to be a teacher or getting other certifications, which is super nice, mm-hmm. but they are, they're there every day, six to six and they're a staple you know, a staple. Yeah. This is good. I don't know. I just felt like I don't have any kids in daycare. I've gone to doggy daycare. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How is Hank? Um, he is great snoring. Do you know when you heard the acronym the other day? And I thought about you, Mm. you know, when you told me the acronym, like dink, like dual income or double income, no kids, no kids. Yeah. There's something called a dink wad and it's called Dual income, no kids with a dog. One, that's you. It's me. <laughs> You're a dink one. Oh wow, that's tweetable right now. Or that you can TikTok about I that. Can TikTok about that. <laughs> yeah, I, that's how I saw it. It was on TikTok, and they had this video of this dog laying on this bed with this funny song in the background, and it said, "My parents are dinkwads," and then it like. <laughs> played the video and had this funny music and then it explained what it was. And I said, Oh my God, that's Hank. You thought I was a weirdo for knowing the term dink. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm a dinkwad. I remember that terminology. <laughs> Listen, why don't you talk to everyone about who we have today? Today we have Lavana mm-hmm. and Lavana she, Roth. She's yeah, good. Isn't she? She is. And I always want to call her Madonna because her name rhymes with that. I know. And we just want to say Lavana. We don't even give her a last name because we just think that Lavana is where she, she stands. She has a very unique name. I feel like people try and name their kids unique things because they think they're going to be like the only one. And this is the first time I've ever heard the, the name Lavana. Really? Yeah. Have you heard it? No, but See? I guess I haven't thought about it. Yeah, I haven't thought about that. Oh. So that's why she could be like first name basis only. <laughs> well, I think that's how we refer to her. Yeah. And she used to be in education. And then she decided, I'm not happy doing this. I want to branch off and make my own company to help people in education, which takes a huge leap of faith. And she's a really interesting person to talk to. She is. She's a wife. She's mom. 
She's an educator. She goes and teaches adults every mm-hmm. single day. We actually catch her right after having a full-time professional development session with a bunch of educators. And I think everyone's really going to enjoy our interview. One of the things that you've been really passionate about, Kate, is making sure we have a wide variety of different people who we interview. Yes, because I do think people listen to our podcast from all different walks of life. They can be in education, they're in business, they're in marketing. We've gotten questions from a variety of people. I love that she was in education and she talks about how not difficult, but like really betting on herself and putting a lot of time and energy into her business and what that looks like. So Mm -hmm. we talk a little bit about who are the women who are standing on the grand stage doing keynotes, what that might look like. She certainly is one of those people, but we have some really good conversation because I still find that we have people, females in particular, who have amazing stories and really can enlighten, inspire, engage audiences, and they diminish themselves and they don't want to charge what they're worth. Yeah. That's a problem. It is a problem. And I do think that females in particular are like, I can't charge people this. That seems ridiculous. Who's going to show up? Who's going to come if I charge mm-hmm. that? People will come and well, they will be fine. I've done some informal surveying of people and I will absolutely guarantee that women are selling themselves short oh. when they are trying to do contracts and get themselves out there and promote themselves. And we need to be better about that. Maybe this is the avenue that we can get people to be better about it. I agree. Mm. So if you're thinking about it, charge what you want. (laughs) Do you want to tell everyone that you sent me a um, text message that it was about a year ago that we decided to go on this adventure or that you said that we should? Yeah, I did. Mm Because I said, people love podcasts. They listen to them when they get ready for work in the morning. At least uh, there's a large variety of people that talk about different ones that are out there right now. And I said, we should do this because mm-hmm. people will listen. And I feel like we have something decent to say half the time. I mean, if nothing else, we at least provide a good laugh to people <laughs> on their way to work on a Monday morning. <laughs> and you were like, I don't know. What, what is the podcast? What are we going to talk about? And we can talk about whatever we want. And it's been great. Which is why we're going to be interviewing each other. We are. That's an upcoming episode. And, and I have my questions ready to go. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, I have mine too. Well, with that, I think we're ready to You're from Lavana, don't you? Yeah, I agree. All right, let's go. So everyone, before we hear from Lavana, as you know, we need to hear from our Sparkle sister and hear a Sparkle Spotlight from Dr. Bob Michelle Lewis. Hi, everyone. This is Bob Sharma Lewis with today's Sparkle Spotlight. Do not take criticism from those who you wouldn't take advice from. Basically, this means that you should not take criticism from someone you don't trust or respect. We all have haters, people who are jealous and mean, that do not want us to succeed, be happy, or be joyful. These are not people we should take advice from or value. Remember, hurting people hurt people. They are criticizing you because they do not feel good about themselves. Surround yourself with people who elevate and celebrate you people who lift you up, people who love you, people who appreciate you, and people who value you for who you are and not who they think you should be. Don't settle or lower your standards. Surround yourself with a sparkle and you will sparkle. Cheers to being the best version of you and sparkle on. Well, Kate, here we are. We've just had another incredible intro when we've gone on a lot of tangents and rants, which is what we're really the best at. But today we have Lavana, AKA like Madonna, as we just learned. We are so, so happy about this. And really, she just needs one name. That's how popular she is. We've been trying to get her on the podcast. We were able to connect with her through an Illinois female superintendent. We love this. Lavana, welcome to Unsupervised Leadership. Oh my goodness. Thank you for having me. I am super excited to connect with both of you and those listening. Well, we love that you are here and we've already talked to our audience a little bit about you, but I think it's way better. Tell us a little bit about yourself and more importantly, what's your favorite drink? <laughs> we are talking drink, drink, right? Yeah. <laughs> Is there any other kind? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a good point. So well, let's just start there. And then I'll call circle back to tell you a little bit about me, but there's, I live in Tampa, Florida, and there's a restaurant here that has a drink called Hello Gorgeous. 
And first of all, I just love the name, but they take this tea, a vodka goes through tea. It drips little one drip at a time. You can see it. They, they have it out on the counter and it drips through the tea leaves. The vodka becomes this infused tea. And then they, it's like beautiful pink. And then they put a floating flower in it too. And it's just, it's spectacular. Wow. So I'm going to say that's my favorite one, at least when I'm home. But yeah, I, I started out as a teacher and did that for 10 years and second through eighth grade, I taught and I loved it. I loved being a teacher, did not think I was going to step out of that. And then I became a single parent and realized mm, teaching doesn't quite cut it financially. So I went back on my ed leadership degree. And before I ended up using it, I actually stepped out completely and had experiences with different places, companies, university. And the last two experiences I had were not good ones. Um, the, the one of them was I was laid off I discovered that a month and a half into being there that the entire marketing team was laid off. So I went, oh, that's a red flag. And sure enough, a few months later, I was laid off and they don't even exist anymore. And then I worked for another company that I was cussed out, screamed at, um, just constantly in a toxic environment. And I found out I was the eighth person in 10 months in my position. So I lasted a proud four months and I said, you know what? I'm not doing this anymore and this is not worth it. And I left and I just kept thinking if, if they can run a company and treat people like that, then I can run a company and treat people right. Mm -hmm. And that's what kicked off me owning what is now known as Ignite Your Shine. It's been through different phases, writing books and all the, the learnings along the way. But yeah, I authored eight books and we weren't seeing quite, it's all aligned with how the brain learns. I wasn't quite seeing the advance and achievement that I wanted to see and that we should be seeing if we're teaching how the brain learns. What ended up happening is uh, <laughs> I realized we're not putting the brain into a state of learning and that's when Ignite Your Shine was born. So mm. been doing that that's amazing. How long ago was that? I started the company in 2008. Okay. So a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, and look, you're wildly successful. So yeah. that's that says a lot about about you. And we love that drink. And so we're going to have to come to Tampa to try the drink. Cause I yeah. saw Kate's face and Kate's face was mesmerized when you were describing the process of this drink. Yeah. I was like, wow, there's a lot of hard work that went into this drink, just like your company. So we love this. <laughs> come on down ladies. I invite you anytime. I'd be thrilled to take you <laughs> be careful. Cause we will show up. Yeah. We'll show I'm up good with that I have like airline points. Um, Okay, Lavana, let's talk about this. So I'm going to go a little bit off script here because you started talking a little bit about your company, Ignite Your Shine. So if you want to give our listeners like a little bit more of what that looks like, um, just so that they know when they go to your website and they can kind of see the kind of things that you do. That's the first part of the question. The second part of the question is you have eight books. What one is your favorite and why? Ooh, okay. So I will go in order. Oh, great. <laughs> Very teacher-like of you. <laughs> Unless we're talking about drinking. Let's right. Talk. Obviously, right. I, yeah. we know priorities. <laughs> yeah. so, Perfect. Uh, so Shine is a place we, we look at when it comes to schools or districts or teams or organizations in general. We also work with corporations that how do we take a team and elevate the individual so we elevate the team. So we're all about creating a human-focused culture. And that's when I said that we weren't seeing, for example, when we started with the brain science and how the brain learns, and we weren't seeing what should have happened, and we backed up, and that's when we created Ignite Your Shine, was because we weren't putting that brain into a state of learning. Well, the same thing happens in our environments, right? Well, no matter where we're working, that if we don't have it where people are thriving and people are bringing their best and able to know that it is focused on the human to elevate everything else, if we don't put the focus there, then it goes downhill and we don't see what we should be seeing. So SHINE is actually an acronym. It's the framework that we use in order to create that human-focused culture, a place where everybody wants to be. And so S and SHINE is self. What are your strengths, gifts, skills, and talents? Notice I didn't talk about what you're not good at doing. We're, we, we're flipping the model, right? Because we hear that all day long. Our students hear that all day long. Leaders hear that all day long, what they need to improve and work and what's not up to par. So we look at strengths, gifts, skills, and talents under self. When we get to H, H is heart. What are, you, what are your passions? Like what lights you up? What gives you the energy? And also being aware of what drains you, which a lot of us know that part, but we don't think about how do we put more of that passion in. And we honestly, the two are super important to put together. So we call it the shine spot. Because if you have self, strengths, gifts, skills, and talents, but you're waning in your passions, you burn out. 
If you have your passions and you're waning, you don't have your strengths, so that's more like a hobby. <laughs> so how do you take the two to create fulfillment? And this can be done in so many variety of ways, but we use that as the base. I then is inspire because you have this beautiful shine spot about you, but if you don't, you know, life is going to throw curveballs. So how do you stay inspired? How do you inspire others? And is navigate. What are you going to do with everything I just talked about? So you're here for a reason. How, how do you put that into action? What are your goals, your story, your journey? What do you want your life to be? So we go deeper into that portion. And then the E in shine is exceptional because you are becoming the exceptional person you were meant to be, not anybody else who you were meant to be. So that's why it's called Ignite Your Shine. And then as far as the books, since you asked about that, those are all based on how the brain learns and engaging instruction through that lens. So there, the eight of them, the first one is called Brain Powered Strategies to Engage All Learners. And so it's a whole huge binder resource for teachers that have the brain science behind it. And then it's also the strategies with it. And that can connect to any grade level, any content area. But then from there, we had teachers are saying, okay, but what about our grade level? We want more. And even though they could apply it, they're just like, but so give us more lessons. Well, I thrive on creativity. I love that part. So the other books are K1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6. Even though we can go higher than that, it's just more difficult to write that based upon the vast amounts of content. Um, but the strategies are then aligned to each of the grade levels. So favorite, I'm going to have to go with my first one, which is the first book I wrote in the Brain Power Strategies to Engage All Learners. Wow, you're really busy. Let's talk about that. No. <laughs> <laughs> she is really busy. And Kate now not only has us doing this podcast, but now we're writing our first book. Yes. So we need some tips, tricks, and strategies on that bad boy. Yeah. We need oh our strengths goodness. and skills. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yes. Sure. Oh, I love this for you too. That's fantastic. It's fantastic. I know we're all probably more busy than we should be. We probably yeah. are. But so um I want you, so I one of the things that Kate does really well is that she stalks our guests Yeah, and she loves to research, research, research. And I'm quite familiar with you already just because of social media. You're a powerhouse on social media. I think you've got like 22,000 plus followers on Twitter alone. So some of our guests talk about the issue of comparison with social media. We just had a recent guest on that said she had to stop following one of her friends on Facebook because she was constantly comparing her life to this other person's life and it made her just feel terrible. So how do you leverage social media for your work, but also acknowledge some of these maybe personal or quite honestly, professional dangers that might come along with it? Oh, First of all, Kate, I'll stalk you next. Um, <laughs> She's so happy. Like, awesome. Tell me what you find. I will. I will. No. I, I appreciate this topic immensely. It is very dear to my heart when it comes to comparison. As a matter of fact, when I teach Shine, the framework of Shine, I am bed silent, which because my degree was teaching the deaf. And one of the last signs outside of the S-H-I-N-E that I teach, I teach the sign for mirror. And it is exactly that. So if everyone listening can put their hand up in front of them, but be looking at the inside of your hand and just rock it slightly, that is mirror. So it's like you're looking in the mirror and just rock it slightly. And that is because we are so good at comparis comparison to other others. So, so Courtney, one of the things that took me a while to learn was that when I jumped on social media is the exact thing. I call it the comparison game where I'm looking and I'm comparing and they're doing that and they're doing that and they're doing that. And holy cow, I'm not doing any of that. So I need to add more to my plate and do that. And oh my goodness, now they're doing this. Well, I'm not doing that. So I need to start doing that. So my head, especially from a perspective of social media, I thought I needed to do a podcast, right? I needed to write books. I needed to be up in front of everybody. I need to do this and this and this. And the list goes on and on. One of the best examples I can give you <laughs> that I hope my daughter doesn't mind. She's always says she trusts me. Um, but when she came home her freshman year, she said to me, mom, I need the latest iPhone. And I said, why? She said, because every kid has the latest iPhone. And I said, every kid, every single kid in your high school has the latest iPhone. Yes. Did not get the latest iPhone. A few weeks later, um, mom, uh, every girl in my school has the Louis Vuitton bag. So I need a Louis Vuitton bag. And I said, every girl in your school has a Louis Vuitton bag. Yes. Did not get one. So fast forward to, you know, what's coming. She's going to be driving. 
mom, I, I'm, Matt, I'm sure you guys have been thinking about getting me a car. And I said, well, we have been talking about it. And she said, well, I don't know if you've been in the student parking lot, but if you go back there, it is all BMWs and Mercedes. <laughs> Thank you. She exactly. Look at her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. I'm not blaming her. I'm just saying. So I said, I said, listen, I said, so you're telling me that if I walked back there, if I went back there, that I would see only BMWs and Mercedes. Yes. It's way better than the teacher parking lot. Exact words. Amen. And I was like, first of all, I was like, she was not going to get that. Second of all, you definitely burned your bridge by saying it's not, you know, that they're driving better than a teacher. Totally. I just said in that moment, I said, can you do me a favor and stop? I said, I want you to do me a favor and I want you to give me five names and I want five girlfriend names. And she gave them to me. And I said, okay. I said, of the five of them, which one, like, which of them have the latest iPhone? And she said, well, all of them. And I was like, oh, okay. I said, well, of them, how many have a Louis Vuitton bag? And she said, well, this one. And I said, okay. And I said, and of them, how many of them drive a BMW or Mercedes? And she said, well, this one, which was a different one than the Louis Vuitton. And I said, but you see, Maddie, over the past year and a half, you've told me everybody, everybody, everybody. And it's perception, right? When we see somebody have something that we want, we compare that we don't have that. And then when they're over there, they have this, when we don't have that. So now our brain is taking the perception of, I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have it. I don't have it. Well, no one has all of it, but that's not how we're thinking. We're seeing other people have it. And I think it's no different when we're on social media. We completely compare and we, we begin to lessen ourselves. So the biggest thing I think of is for me personally, is I've taken how much I scroll off the plate right? I've also learned that what everybody else does or has, I don't want. And that was a big step for me to take a reflection on that. Like, do I even want what they have? Is that what I really, really want? And then the second part is the reality. Like I post what I want you to see. I do not post anything else. I only post what I want you to see. So knowing that that's what everybody else is posting too. So I have, so telling the brain, like, this is not reality, they're only showing you what they want you to see. So when you're doing the scrolling and you're thinking, wow, eight kids with scholarships, I'm trying to have my one survive, right? And then you keep scrolling and you're thinking a new house. Oh my goodness, mine needs a whole entire new roof. That's a whole other story. And then you keep scrolling and you're like, oh, 27 years of blissful marriage. Not what I know, but okay, right? And, and you just, you keep doing this. All, and all we're doing is getting sucked into what isn't even real. And even though our brain knows this, our brain doesn't know it unless we remind it that what you are physically seeing is only what people want you to see. Mm. It's hard raising girls, isn't it? It is. It is. I, 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 I would say it's one of the hardest things to do, you know, it is, there's so much with them and it's different than raising boys. And that's something that I never really thought about until I've experienced it. And it's very different. And I hear a lot of other people say the same thing. Yeah. Being a, being a parent's a hard job and certainly being an educator is too, but the plague of comparison is a real thing. I think it, regardless of age, if you're nine, 49, 89, (laughs) honestly. And I think for females, we're plagued with it all of the time. I love this next question though, that Kate has for you. I love it. (laughs) It's one of my favorites. It's a Barbara Walters question. We're just going to tell you right now. Yeah. We love Barbara Walters. Way cool. Mm-hmm. So you are an author, you're a speaker, you have your own business, you're a mom, you have all of these, like your life is totally together. You're like a life coach slash a, at least like, Hey, let's talk about social media. That's what's out there. Right. So when people look you up, they're like, Lavana is Madonna and she has her own stage and she gives her own speeches and she's got it all going on. But what do you think is the biggest misconception people have about you? Ooh, yes, this is good. Um, so first of all, I want to clarify my name rhymes with Madonna. I am not Madonna. <laughs> you could be, you really yeah, could why be. Not? Yeah, you could be. <laughs> no, we'll support right. it. <laughs> we'll let Madonna have Madonna, <laughs> but <laughs> the name definitely rhymes with it. Um, biggest misconception because I do all of these things. Um, first of all, I've taken a really close look at my life and have decided what it is that I really do want to do and not want to do, which I mentioned before, but I think the biggest misconception, because I do speak all over, whether it's at a school or district conferences, as many as 5,000 people think that I am an extrovert and I am not. As a matter of fact, I am pretty heavily an introvert, but I'm also going to add a second piece. I'm also, I have a shy side to me that I have to fight through. 
So there's two pieces of this. So the one introvert, I the best description I ever heard of an introvert, and I want to clarify this in case there's any misconceptions for people out there, was when somebody said an introvert is somebody who recharges alone. And I was like, nailed it. That's exactly what it is. So I love like this discussion with you and, and having a chance to meet you. And today I did professional development at a school, had a blast with them, loved it. But after this, when I have a moment, I will be quiet and silence, which my husband does not understand the silence part. He's like, how do you not have a TV on or music? I'm like, because I'm recharging. <laughs> I don't want anything else. The rest of the life is noisy and chaotic and all that. And I just need time for me to recharge. So that's one thing. And then the second part is the shy side, which is a fear of being judged. And that is something from childhood that I've had to fight through. And I've come a very long way and I'm, I'm very happy about that. But people are like, oh, you're extroverted and you just, uh, you know, take the stage and everybody, you know, you're just shining and all this stuff. And yes, but I'm also still human and I still have the introverted and shy piece. You talk about your business. You talk about kind of your journey of where you started and where you are now. And I know that you do professional development. Sometimes teaching adults is harder than teaching kids. Let's be honest, because <laughs> I do that too. And it's, it can be really, really challenging. But when I look at your life, you created this business, knowing that you were helping other people create theirs. Like I'm helping them. Why can't I do this? How are you balancing this idea of I'm going to help others with the foundation of shine and you do these speaking engagements, you do professional development, but also um, the fact of the matter is when you have your own business, you got to sell yourself and you have to sell your work in order to pay the bills, make a living. What does that look like from a female's perspective and how do you juggle all of that together? Um, Sometimes I don't, right? Sometimes I am a mess and I don't mean a mess as I'm falling apart, but a mess is in really, really challenged internally going, this is where everything that's happening. And this is, is this really what you want? And okay, you don't have an answer for that, but how are you going to find time to figure it out? And, but, oh, wait, attention's over here. And don't forget you have a family and, oh, there were friends, by the way, I forgot, you know, make sure I'm visiting with my friends and, oh, I talk about balance. How do I find balance? It's, it's a human thing. I think we all go through, but I think as women, I will say there, there's a higher, demand on us. And, and I guess one of the examples I can get go or say that I don't think this applies to everybody, but when women went into the workforce, we didn't give up laundry, grocery shopping, cooking, changing diapers. We didn't give up everything that was a normal household wife to do, wasn't given up, but yet now we added a full-time job to that. Now, I will definitely give my husband credit because my husband does a lot of what I just named. (laughs) So I am super grateful for that because he knows that if I come home and have to do all of that, then no one's going to ever see me because it's just the reality of it. But he does step into that. But I look at most and many women I talk to, I will say, and put it that way, that we never gave up the other expectations and our own expectations of ourselves. You know, like we have to be the ones to cook Thanksgiving dinner. Do we? Do we? Could we have other people come in and partake in that? And now everybody created it together. But I think sometimes it becomes like we have to, there's glory in this. And I don't take, sometimes when I hear naming off, like even Kate and Courtney, when you were saying some of the things of what I do, I cringe a little bit going, holy cow, I am doing a lot. Like that's too much. It is too much. And I used to before going, yes, I do all of that. And I got to do more. I have to do more because I'm not good enough if I don't do more. And I'm no longer, I don't know if it's age. I turned 50 last March. So I don't know if it's age that finally you're like, you hear about this wisdom and such, but it's true. It's, it's extremely hard to balance. And so you also mentioned, you know, running the company and selling yourself. And that was one of the hardest things for me. Uh, and I work with, we have a, a branch of Ignite Your Shine called Prime to Shine. And we teach others how to get into consulting. And that's one of the things that I share is that, it's hard because as an educator, we do it from the heart and we do what we love for that reason. So to think of it as selling yourself. So I can't view it that way. If I view it that way, then I feel icky. I feel yucky. I feel not me. I don't feel like me. But when I learn to believe in the value of what it is that Ignite Your Shine has to offer, then that's where the focus goes. Like what value can we bring to you as a school or a district or an organization? And that's the selling point. 
you know, and, and now we have enough of a track record to know, like, it makes such a huge difference. We have stories of literally saving lives. And so I know that difference that it can make. And so for that reason, that's what I choose to believe in. And that it's not, you know, me selling Levana, it's selling Shine, because that is what works. So I'm going to go off on a tangent right now. Are you ready, Kate? Oh, yeah, I'm ready. I'll support it. Okay. No. So Levana, if you think about women standing on the big stage educationally. Okay. So if I said, Hey, name the men doing that, you would name Tom Murray, Jimmy Casas, Joe Sanfilippo, right? People, yep. you know, people yep. that I know, I am super passionate about the concept that more women should be standing on that stage. And I have a friend who has an incredible story and she's been being invited in to different school districts, organizations, companies to tell her story. And she feels bad charging anything. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, do you think these men feel badly about that? They don't. She's like, yeah, but I'm just there to share my message and to send my message. And so I, she's a listener on the podcast. What would you say to her doing the work that you do? Cause she feels, I think we all do. I think that we all we feel badly. Like I can't, I don't want to charge anything, whatever, but Hey, we see men on the grand stage all of the time. And I think that we need to see more females and you're a model female to be able to send a message. What would you say to those people listening? Well, first of all, I appreciate your compliments. Thank you. Um, that's some of the stuff that I've had to fight through heavily. So first of all, uh, I, w- I want to address the fact that men on the stage, because it is not uncommon for me and my team can back me up on this for me to take a screenshot, screenshot of a conference list or a conference lineup. And they know exactly when I send it, why I'm sending it. Now I am a believer in you choosing who is best and what for that conference. And I I believe strongly in that, but I also believe there's not an awareness of how many times it is only men. I mean, I am often the only female speaker and sometimes there is no female speaker. And again, I want to, I want to make sure it's very clear. I don't care if it's me or not. That is not why I'm saying this. What I care about is, are we showing representation? I went to a speaking conference once and it was all about how to be a better speaker. And at the end of the, we were, I was sitting with a gentleman and he said, so what did you think? And I said, I absolutely love this. This was three days of great information and I truly appreciate it. I said, but can I ask you a very honest, blunt question? And he said, of course. And I said, how many speakers did you have over three days? He counted and he said, I had eight. I said, how many of them were women? Mm. And he went, oh my gosh, I had none. And I said, so I'm going to tell you this. I understand because it's your comfort zone. It's who you know. It's the value that you know that they bring. And I said, but at the same time, how many of your audience was women? And he said, like two thirds. And I said, so you're teaching us to be speakers, but you didn't have any of us women as a model that this can be done. And he said, Levana, that will never happen again. And it hasn't. So I don't think it's intentional. I think it's a lot of times there's not an awareness of it. You know, so I'm going to, I'm going to say that part too, as far as the, your friend. So let's, let's put that to the table or like set that to the side. But as far as your friend, I hear this so common. And like I said, I had to fight through this. What I think people need to understand that when it comes to consulting, that you're not getting up on the stage for 45 minutes or an hour, and that's it. And you're walking away. You have years of experience, wisdom, knowledge, a way that you have put together your own intellectual property of what does this mean and look like going forward? You bring all of that to the table. Then you put time in to have a discussion with where you're going. What's going to, this going to be about? Who's in the audience? You have all of this time that you put in for that. Then you prep for that because even if it's something that you know is solid, you still are constantly making adjustments based upon who is in the audience, what it's for, what's the timing that you have. Then you have what I call the uh, TSA Macarena right? So you show up at the airport and you are doing the entire shakedown, breakdown, all the things they require you to do to get into the airport to then go, are you kidding me? My flight's delayed. 
Okay. Well, I guess I'll be getting something to eat. Boy, I sure hope I get there. Okay. What are you delaying it again? Well, what if I don't make it? Okay. What are my other options? Could I do a flight that like a different flight? Do I do a different airline? Do I wait this out? Do I rent a car and try to drive? So you have all of this stress that comes into, and then eventually you land, which sometimes is 9 PM. Sometimes it's 1 AM. And then you get up at 5 AM or 6 AM and you're, you're showing up after you get ready, you're showing up there and you're putting your best and your hundred percent into it and bringing all that wisdom and knowledge into it to then eventually walk off the stage to do it again by going back to the airport and such. It is not the 45 minutes you're on the stage, you're being paid for, you're paid, paid for everything, the value that you bring and all of that. The other part that I'm going to throw in too is as the last little piece I'll plug in here is no one has mentioned the time away from your family at this point. Mm-hmm. That is priceless. All of the things that, especially as females, have to juggle when a child or children are involved that have to be set up. Like who's taking care of it? Well, here's when you change the diaper. Here's the feeding time. Or this is what the schedule is for dance and school. And, and nobody is, is talking about that part. And then the fact that you miss those things. I have missed so many events for my daughter that I regret and I hor- I'm horrified by. But I'm a choke up on you. I had a conversation with my daughter when she was 16. And I sat her down and I said, am I traveling too much that you need me to pull back? What do you need? And she said, mom, why would you pull back? You're making a difference. And I said, but I'm also missing things with you. And she said, mom, when you're home, it is quality over quantity. Mm -hmm. When you're home, you are home with me. And she said, I also need you to hear me on this. (laughs) She said, you understand the role model you are for me. You are a woman who is showing me that you go after what you want and you get it done. She she said, because I'm far from neglected. Mm. Wow. I cried. The guilt. I cried. You should have bought her a BMW at that point. (laughs) I hope she does not listen to this. Do not let her listen to this. (laughs) She needs to listen. Yeah. yeah, She needs that with a, with a Louie in the front seat after that. That's amazing. Her new phone that she's using on Bluetooth. So she's a safe driver. I'm sorry. Oh. It's breaking up. I can't hear you. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> I love it. Thank Levani, you. You brought up a really good point when you said you were at a speaking, you know, arrangement, you went up to the male that was running it and you said, did you realize, you know, how many women that you had? And you brought up a really, a, a great point at the end about, well, it's about who he talks to and who he's with and the people he knows that he's probably reached out to, to ask to do speaking engagements and things like that. But do you have any advice for females on how to network? Because a lot of times people will say, I would love to speak and I would love to do those things. But like, how do I network with somebody that's in charge of those things? Or what are some things that I can do? Because I can't golf and a lot of them go to golf outings. And Courtney, you know, I always say like, you don't have to golf, but you can drive the cart and drink a beer. But like, what if you, (laughs) we're good at that tell people, you know, or what advice do you have to tell them to kind of make friends outside of the circle that they have? Yeah. So it's interesting you bring that up because, you know, I mentioned the shyness before. So networking is very hard for me. Mm -hmm. Um, So for example, Courtney, even to this day, when I reached out to you a few days ago, that took, I had to build up the courage to do it. Right. So I had to do a little self-talk with myself that it's okay. Like reach out Worst she can say is I am not interested in you go away. Like it's the worst. And that's where I have to learn that it's not rejection of me. It's rejection of in that moment, right? The right fit, the right conversation. Don't have the time right now, but often we reflect that on ourselves. And so letting that go, I find that yes, networking is important, but if somebody really wants to speak consult, you need people to see you doing that. That is more powerful than anything because, yeah, sometimes people can say, oh, yeah, you sound interesting or that sounds cool. We do kind of need that. Why don't you come on in? I do have that occasionally. But the vast majority of where everything comes from is having seen it in action. So that's what I mean. It's good to network. And I see the value in that sometimes. But we aren't men. Right. It's not the this is the I'm trying to think of a good language for it. Um even if we went golfing, I don't know that would still make a difference. It might, but for me, I, I mean, you make connections, you build that, and the people are like, oh, you need this topic here, so and so. But if somebody can say, you know, who I saw, and and they nailed it, you know, or holy cow, with what they brought to our school made the difference, that is what you need. It's the word of mouth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's always for us. I always say it's word of mouth. It's referrals, or you saw us speak. 
because there's a whole team, you know, that I've trained. And so it's one of those three that it's come from. It doesn't come occasionally someone will come in from elsewhere, like having come across the website or something like that, but that's not really where it comes from. That's great advice. That um, is really great advice. But we still can drive around the cart and drink. Like you're not going to stop us from doing that, Lavana. We need absolutely, to do that. Absolutely. We invite not. you. You're yeah, in well, Tampa. Right. You can bring that tea drink you're talking about. Hello, gorgeous. We'll bring that in the car. It'll be even better. <laughs> okay. So totally count me in. I mean, yes, I am definitely not stopping right. you from that. <laughs> okay, good. We love that. Okay. We have two questions left. Here's mine. Finish this sentence for us. Lavana is creative. Can we expand? You can. It's up to you. Yeah, I'm creative when I get the space to do it. And I love to be creative. So that's one of the things I love about doing professional development is in the moment to be creative. When you see something's not working or you need to shift something or, oh my goodness, it's just based upon what somebody said, this would be a great activity. I was that teacher, you know, that would have my entire lessons done for the week. And then I, on the way to school going, you know, we need to be doing, holy cow, this is what we need to be doing. I'd be revamping all of it and throwing everything out the window and causing, you know, franticness in the morning to get it done. But (laughs) yes, that's awesome. We need, love that. Yeah. We need creative teachers. We do. Hey, shout out to you, by the way, because I signed up for your daily inspirations on your website. So all of our listeners that are listening, I seriously, I'm a stalker just so you know. She's a stalker. Um, And I'm like, oh, look at this. It came with like a nice little framework and a guide and things you can do with your people. So if you're listening, I mean, all of our listeners that are listening, you should definitely look at that because that was awesome. Um, So before we go, if you can give us some F4 leaders that you think people should follow, some people that you get inspiration from, it's a fun, fabulous, fierce female that you think people should know, know about, look into, watch them speak or see a clip so that we can see more of them where we are. Yes. Well, I, you know, I, there's the usual Dr. Brene Brown and such and Oprah and all them, but I'm going to, there's one that really popped in my mind that I don't, I think a lot of people don't know about. And then I'm going to warn you. Yes, she does say the F word and drop those kinds of bombs and such, but her name is Lisa Bill you. And so Lisa, and then B I L Y E U. And she's just real. Like she just says it how it is. And she holds up a sign a lot of times. She doesn't even say a word. A lot of times you're just reading the sign and you're like, okay, mic drop. So she's absolutely one that I would follow. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Elizabeth Bostwick, but she's a great one to follow. Not out speaking as much, but yet she is. She does some stuff for Canva, but she also does some stuff on her own too. So she's another great one. Um, But Elizabeth is not a Z, it's an S, Bostwick. So I'm gonna recommend those two at this point because I feel like a lot of the other ones are probably mentioned. Yeah, those are good ones. Those are good, you haven't heard of those. Well, good, some new ones. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in today with Lavana. She's been amazing. She's given us a lot of tips, tricks, how to make your life better, how to make your career better. Like I said, you need to go to her website and click on her daily inspiration just so you can get a little bit more about what she does and how she helps people. But don't forget, if you don't have a seat at the table, you can always sit with us. Until next time.